Welcome to Shape by the Word, day 338. We're in season two of the drama of scripture, and we've been tracking with Paul through um, the book of Acts. We've seen the, the church established, the church has been growing, and uh, we've been following along with Paul now as Paul is on this journey planning churches and establishing and strengthening churches, but also um, where we've met him of late is he, he continues to be put on trial. You know, mm-hmm. He's enduring persecution and suffering, and, and now he's standing before he, stand, he stood before the Sanhedrin, you know, giving a defense there. He's been called to stand before Felix. And uh, you know, Felix, for two years, two years passes, Felix ends up being succeeded by Festus. And what happens is he leaves, a, he wants to grant a favor to the Jews. And so he leaves Paul in prison. <laughs> um, and, and so where we pick up today, Paul has already been on trial before Festus. So he's been on trial before the Sanhedrin, before Felix, before Festus. And he still has a few more um, people he has to stand before and, and you know be a witness. And so we'll pick up at the end of Acts 25 where Paul is going to be before Agrippa. And um, we'll, we'll continue to, to hear Paul give a defense of not only you know the gospel, but his own ministry as well and, and continue to point us to, to Jesus. And so as we you know peer into kind of the last moments of Acts, um, let's let's pray together and, and then let's hear the word. Uh, Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the book of Acts that reminds us, uh, Father, of all that you've done in Christ Jesus through the the preaching and the the proclamation of your gospel, that, that, Father, you are the one who establishes us. You're the one who has formed the church and sustains the church. And and so, Father, would you give us encouragement as we read your word together? Um, Would you help us to to marvel at who you are and all you've done, um, both through the ministry of Paul, so so long ago and um, in the ministry that we continue in today. Uh, Father, we thank you for the grace we have in Christ. It's in his name we pray. Amen. Amen. Acts 25, we'll pick up in verse 23. The next day Agrippa and Bernice came with great pomp and entered the audience room with the high-ranking military officers and prominent men of the city. At the command of Festus, Paul was brought in. Festus said, King Agrippa, and all who are present with us, you see this man. The whole Jewish community has petitioned me about him in Jerusalem and here in Caesarea, shouting that he ought not to live any longer. I found he had nothing. Deser- I had found he had done nothing deserving of death, but because he made his appeal to the emperor, I decided to send him to Rome. But I have nothing definite to write to his majesty about him. Therefore, I have brought him before all of you, and especially before you, King Agrippa, so that as a result of this investigation. I may have something to write, for I think it is unreasonable to send a prisoner on to Rome without specifying the charges against him. Then Agrippa said to Paul, you have permission to speak for yourself. So Paul motioned with his hand and began his defense. King Agrippa, I consider myself fortunate to stand before you today as I make my defense against all the accusations of the Jews, and especially so because you are well acquainted with all the Jewish customs and controversies. Therefore, I beg you to listen to me patiently. The Jewish people all know the way I have lived ever since I was a child, from the beginning of my life in my own country and also in Jerusalem. They have known, they have known, uh, they have known me for a long time and can testify, if they are willing, that I conformed to the strictest sect of our religion, living as a Pharisee. And now it is because of my hope and what God has promised our ancestors that I am on trial today. This is the promise our twelve tribes are hoping to see fulfilled as they earnestly serve God day and night. King Agrippa. It is because of this hope that that these Jews are accusing me. Why should any of you consider it incredible that God raises the dead? 
I too was convinced that I ought to do all that was possible to oppose the name of Jesus of Nazareth. And that is just what I did in Jerusalem. On the authority of the chief priests, I put many of the Lord's people in prison, and when they were put to death, I cast my vote against them. Many a time I went from one synagogue to another to have them punished, and I tried to force them to blaspheme. I was so obsessed with persecuting them that I even hunted them down in foreign cities. On one of these journeys, I was going to Damascus with the authority and commission of the chief priests. About noon, King Agrippa, as I was on the road, I saw a light from heaven, brighter than the sun, blazing around me and my companions. We all fell to the ground, and I heard a voice saying to me in Aramaic, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? It is hard for you to kick against the goads. Then I asked, Who are you, Lord? I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting, the Lord replied. Now get up and stand on your feet. I have appeared to you to appoint you as a servant and a witness to what, uh, of what you have seen and will see of me. I will rescue you from your own people and from the Gentiles. I am sending you to them to open their eyes and turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God so that they may receive forgiveness of sins and a place among those who are sanctified by faith in me. So then, King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the vision from heaven, first to those in Damascus, then to those in Jerusalem and in all Judea, and then to the Gentiles. I preached that they should repent and turn to God and demonstrate their repentance by their deeds. That is why some Jews seized me in the temple courts and tried to kill me. But God has helped me to this very day. So I stand here and testify to a small, to small and great alike. I am saying nothing beyond what the prophets and Moses said would happen, that the Messiah would suffer, and as the first to rise from the dead would bring the message of light to his own people and to the Gentiles. At this point, Festus interrupted Paul's defense. You are out of your mind, Paul, he shouted. Your great learning is driving you insane. I am not insane, most excellent Festus, Paul replied. What I am saying is true and reasonable. The king is familiar with these things, and I can speak freely to him. I am convinced that none of this has escaped his notice, because it was not done in a corner. King Agrippa, do you believe the prophets? I know you do. Then Agrippa said to Paul, Do you think that in such a short time you can persuade me to be a Christian? Paul replied, Short time or long, I pray that God, I pray to God that not only you, but all who are listening to me today may become what I am, except for these chains. The king rose, and with him the governor and Bernice and those sitting with them. After they left the room, they began saying to one another, This man is not doing anything that deserves death or imprisonment. Agrippa said to Festus, This man could have been set free if he had not appealed to Caesar. Hmm. And there's Paul's defense before Agrippa. Yeah. You know, we, we, we've seen when Paul was in Jerusalem, you know, they wanted to put him to death, and so Paul gets transferred out of there. And, and here he is on trial, and, and you get the sense that you know Paul's life is well known uh, both by the Jewish people, but also by you know the uh, kind of the authorities and um, people in the surrounding areas that they've heard about this man, Paul. They've heard about his ministry. They've heard about the message he proclaims, and and here he is, you know, still just as confident ever in what God has done mm-hmm. in Christ Jesus. And and I love he he points them time and time again back to the Old Testament, saying, "I'm speaking nothing more than what Moses and the prophets have been saying all along mm-hmm. that the Messiah will come and he must suffer and will rise again." You know, so that's the heart of our testimony, the heart of our message. We see Paul proclaiming that the gospel is the good news that Jesus has come, you know, and he has died the death we deserve in our place and now grants us his life. Mm-hmm. So as we read um, Acts into Acts twenty five and Acts twenty six. You know, what are some things that stand out to y'all? 
I, I still can't help but see just the similarities between um, Paul on trial and Jesus on trial um, because both of them, the I, th- I believe in both accounts, um, the people, the leaders that they're appealing to state that like they have done nothing really wrong that, that deserves death. Um, and so it, uh, it's kind of an interesting um, just parallel, but also just a reminder that like he hadn't done anything wrong and was still was still facing these awful accusations. And it's just it shows the power of the the people, like the power of the the crowds. I mean, being able to persuade these huge leaders who had so much power um, that they had to to put him on trial. That's just interesting. That's just me processing it. Yeah. No, and you, I love Agrippa too. You know, he's, he's listening to Paul and Paul's, you know, just going and saying, and then the guy's like, dude, Paul, you're out of your yeah, mind. Crazy. Like you're great. Like you're too smart. You're too smart for your own good. Like you've just, mm-hmm. you, you think all that profits and everything Moses, like you think that's speaking to this Jesus mm-hmm. who was raised from the dead. Like he just hadn't seen it. And, you know, I love, you know, Agrippa again, he says, do you think in such a short time you can persuade me to be a Christian? And Paul says, short time or long? Mm-hmm. And that's just a good reminder, you know, like, yeah, at times after Paul's preached, it's been really short and people have come to faith. Mm-hmm. But that's not saying that's the only way that this happens. And just a good reminder, too, for those in our life that that have not been persuaded to be yeah. a Christian yet and those that don't know Christ and, and think we are out of our minds, like, you believe that? That's crazy. Mm-hmm. You know, what well, a good reminder, man, keep being faithful, keep praying for them, keep being present in, in front of them, keep speaking of Christ. And it might be a short time or a long time, but I pray to God that not only you, but all who are listening to me will become as I am, except right. for these chains. Yeah. So it's a good reminder that we're not called to get everyone saved, but we are called to, to be faithful to mm-hmm. Christ. And whether it's short or long, we, we do pray that that those around us would come to know Christ. Well, and Paul rep- recognizes the power, um, the power of the Spirit in this moment because Agrippa thinks it's a huge deal that Paul would even consider him becoming a Christian. But Paul's saying, "I pray that not only you, but anyone here who who is able to hear what I'm saying um, will come to know Him." And so he recognizes that anyone with an earshot could come to know God because of the power of the spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, and that it's not him who persuades like Agrippa says, but that, um, that God would do the work. Um, so that's, yeah, he says later, I'm, I'm here to testify to small and great alike. We mm-hmm. said previously, you know, exactly. anyone let's go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you have to love too. Yeah. I, I love when Paul's standing before Agrippa, he knows that it is, you know, he's not on trial just because of a way of life or, you know, he even talks about like the customs and controversies of the Jewish people. I mean, the Jewish people would have been a difficult people to live with, you know, if they were, they were constantly revolting and there was mm-hmm. uprisings and you had zealots and, you know, and so any, t- any chance that the Roman authorities could kind of appease the Jews a little bit by, you know, okay, we'll do this, you know, we'll, we'll allow this. Mm-hmm. Um, they took, but here it's, it's interesting because Paul's a Roman citizen you know, and you have him standing there. But I love what Paul does is he identifies it very quickly. You know, I'm not here because I'm teaching something that's false. In fact, why I'm on trial, verse 6, it says, And now is because of my hope in what God has promised our ancestors that I am on trial today. This is the promise our 12 tribes are hoping to see fulfilled as they earnestly serve God day and night. And the, the, the very hope and the very reason I'm on trial is because 
you know, because of this gospel message, because mm-hmm. of what Christ has done, you know, so I, he stands before all of them saying, this is the reason I'm on trial because of what God has done in Christ Jesus. This is what's provoking everyone around us, you know, and when we come to see kind of the, the good news of the gospel, you know, delivered and proclaimed to us, we begin to realize it does provoke a response. It does you know, evoke in us a response as well. Mm-hmm. And and that's exactly what's happening. Paul's standing there before him, and he's delivering this. You know, he's sharing his story about, "Hey, you've heard about my way of life. I went from being one of the greatest persecutors of this movement ever to like chasing down people in foreign cities to all of a sudden a follower of Jesus. You know, not just to the Jewish people, but all the way to the Gentiles, proclaiming the good news of the gospel. And and now he stands on trial, and we'll continue to see, you know, Paul on trial, mm-hmm. going from city to city. That his journey doesn't stop here. Um, you know, but up to this moment, Paul continues to to remain faithful to preach the gospel where he is and um, and call people to repentance and faith. He's going to Rome. He's headed towards Rome. Yes, <laughs> Katie, will you pray for us? Yeah, Father, um, thank you for this account that we um, get to read and be reminded of, and um, this. T- amazing testimony that your sovereign hand brought about that this man was um, so against the the story and good news of Jesus um, and then because of your work in him that he became um, one of the leading voices um, in this movement and what a powerful um, story he has and what a powerful story you have given us as well um, that we were dead and you have made us alive in Christ, um, that we were your enemies and now we have been brought in as your children. Um, so help us to remember that this powerful story is also our own. And, um, and Father, that you would just continue to walk with us as we finish this book um, and as we move on to um, some amazing works, even written, one written by Paul. Um, thank you. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen.